Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. The Lord has been uh, talking to us about this reset. And he said something to me. He said, the latter part of August will be a reset. And uh, that word reset, it means to set again or to set differently. And the way the Lord described this to me was, um, you know, there are things that you set again the same way. You reset them, but you reset them the same way. For, for instance, when you make your bed in the morning, you can call it remaking, but it's resetting that bed in the same way. Hallelujah. When, when you set your table for dinner or however, whenever, whatever you call it, when you set it that way and you reset it, you set the plates, the cups, the things in the same place, it's a reset, but it's a reset in the same way. But then there's that part of the word reset that means to set again or set differently. You can reset things differently. You can come in and you can, you can set the table differently. You can reset the furniture in your living room differently. And the Lord's been talking to us about the latter part of August being this time of reset. Hallelujah. This time of reset. And uh, <clears throat> let me make sure I say it right. Hallelujah. Because he said there are things that reset. I told you it means set again or set differently. There are things that will be set again with more power and more clarity. Mm. But there will be things that will be reset and they will be reset differently. And he said you'll be doing the same thing, but it will be done differently. Mm. See, this is why it's so important that you're doing your part. Whatever we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a moment. It's so important that whatever your part in this fellowship is, is that you're involved in it a hundred percent. You know what we're doing in the back, in the back sanctuary. The Lord keeps using this phrase with me. That, that is a gateway. That is the beginning of something. Amen. That, that is the beginning of something. You can look at it as it's just a remodel. It's just a reconstruction. It's just we're redoing something. No, 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 no. There's something happening in the spirit realm. Something is occurring in the spirit realm. Something's changing in the spirit realm. There's a reset that's occurring in the spirit realm. And, and, and it can be a reset in the same way. But the Lord said, it's a reset. Whew. 
and they'll be reset differently. And you'll be doing the same thing, but it'll be done differently. Be open for a reset, even if it involves doing something differently. Even if it involves you doing something differently, be open for a reset. Say out loud, I'm open for a reset. Say it one more time, I'm open for a reset. Even if it involves total change. Oh, hallelujah. He said, be open and be prepared. Be open and be prepared. You know, the Lord said something to me some number of months ago now. It was actually last year uh, when Ken and Trudy were here. Ken and Trudy Blunt. And uh, he made the statement. He said, I've called you to a very unusual thing. And he said, I've called you to operate in this capacity for a period of time. I've called you to, these, to, to do this the way you're doing it for a period of time. And he made a statement. He said, this season won't last forever. Amen. Now, don't get worried. It's not over. But the, the, the point is, he said, the season won't last forever. The season won't last forever. He said, I'm going to begin to bring people that can help you. And he said, you got to recognize them. He said, you got to recognize them. See, part of reset is there's things that are going to be done differently. There might be people, different people doing things, whatever it may be. My job's keep my focus on my part. What, what is my part in what God wants me to do in what God's doing in this fellowship? It is, it is so crystal clear in my spirit and in my mind what God would have me to do and what God wants me to focus on in this fellowship. It's so crystal clear in my wife's life what, and mine what God wants us to do. And that's why there are many sitting under the sound of my voice. There have been those times and those seasons and those instances where it's like deep is crying out to deep and there's something going on on the inside of you and you don't quite know what it is. It's like it's just, it's this anticipation, it's this expectation. Something is rolling over on the inside of you. The reset button is being pushed in your spirit and God's getting you ready for what he's bringing in the latter part of this month. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Ah. Do you see this? Oh, glory. I got so much to get into. But if I do it, it won't be long. <clears throat> I read some of this this morning, but it's in prayer meeting, but it's so important. Back on uh, the 21st of February, in Little Rock location on Sunday night, we were, Pastor Michelle was ministering, and the Lord began to speak through her at the end of, of the, the, the message. <clears throat> and it was interesting because it, uh, it involved three of us, it involved her and and myself, and uh, Prophet Ford. And she began to speak, and she had been speaking on our standing, and not just from the concept of we are the righteousness of God in Christ, but you seeing yourself that way. For, for God to reset things in your life, there are things that have to be done with. There are ideas and mindsets and feelings and, 
and, and things that have to be done with. The enemy always attacks your confidence. He always attacks your standing in God. He always attacks uh, uh, you in those areas of guilt and shame and different areas such as that. And the Lord started speaking and he said, through righteous vessels I desire to speak. Through righteous vessels I desire to shine forth. Through righteous vessels I desire to call the end from the beginning and to speak marvelous things and work mighty works. Now, we all know where we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We are righteous, but you've got to see yourself righteous. Why? This is what he wants to do through the righteous. Amen. Then he said, through righteous vessels, through the righteous vessels, I desire to minister of my goodness and of my favor and of my healing power and of my deliverance. That's where you say, I'm a candidate. I'm say, I'm interested. I'm interested. Say it one more time. I'm interested. I'm interested. Amen. I'll never forget hearing the story of the minister that was ministering in a foreign land. And he was there, he was sitting on the platform, and he was, he was, he was being, uh, 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 they were ministering, worship was going on. And he said he looked over, and uh, there was uh, like uh, uh, several ministers and their wives that were sitting there on the platform. And he said he, he looked over, and at the end of that row, and I believe he said it was Jesus, if not it was an angel, but I believe it was Jesus. And he said that uh, Jesus pointed at the man here and said, this is pastor so-and-so. He pastors in such and such a church, and this is his wife, and they're not interested. This is pastor so-and-so and his wife, and they pastor in such and such a church. They're not interested. And he said, out of all those ministers that were on the platform, he said there were three couples that God said was interested. There was 120 ministers that were at that meeting. And 117 of them weren't interested. What God, see, see, here, here's the thing. <clears throat> what God is doing in the days that we're living in requires interest from the people that he wants to do it through. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about a new normal and how church has changed. Church hasn't changed. There's nothing that's changed about church. Church is still what church is. If, if I'm interested in it, it will still affect me the way it's always affected me. The church has not lost any power. The church has not lost any authority. We just sang it tonight. I'm in charge. It doesn't matter what trap the enemy set. doesn't matter what he said. doesn't matter what weapon he's formed against the saints. It will all fall dead because I'm in charge. Every time I rehearse that vision in my spirit all the time, and I tell the Lord every time, I'm interested. If you want anybody to show interest, I'm interested in what you want to do. Amen. For God to take the fellowship that He's called us to build and to lead and to be a part of, for God to take it to the next place that He wants it to go, there, there's two things. You have to be in your place and you have to be interested in your place. It has to interest you. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Whew. Say it out loud. I'm interested. I'm interested. He said exploits. 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 
I desire to stretch forth my hand to heal. I desire to stretch forth my hand to deliver. I desire to do exploits. That's something the Lord said to me. He said to me uh, that he was equipping us for exploits. He said, I desire to stretch forth my hand to deliver. I desire to do exploits. Will there be any who can stand and say, I know my God. I know the righteousness of God He's made me to be. I know His plan and His purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Say it out loud. I know His plan and His purpose. Folks, this is not the time to wait around in the ankle-deep water. This is not the time to be, to be patty-caking in the kiddie pool. This is the time to know God's plan and God's purpose and be interested in it and go after it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. See, here's the key. Knowing His plan... And his purpose. Every person has a part. Every person in our fellowship. Every person in our churches. Has a part in what God wants to do. The, 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 the largeness or the smallness of that part. Is really insignificant. But the largeness or the smallness of that part. Is dependent upon the interest shown. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. It's not a natural thing. I want you to understand that. It's not a natural interest, but it is portrayed through a natural interest. The, the, the natural is a type of the spiritual. When you see somebody hungry, hungry enough to come to church, hungry enough to show up, hungry enough to be at prayer meeting, hungry enough to be at what God's doing, you're seeing a person in the natural that's acting out what they are in the spirit. They're hungry for the things of God. When you see somebody that can take it or leave it in the natural, that's how they are in the spirit. They can take it or leave it. I've been asked the question over, over, over the last two years. Well, why do you think it's so easy for people to leave church? Because they didn't care in the first place. They didn't give a flip in the first place. Because if, if the church would have meant anything to them, they'd have never left. Well, Pastor, that's strong. I know you like it strong. You're not a bunch of bottle-sucking Christians. You've been, you've been eating hamburger and steak and tuna. You, 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 you're getting over on the meat of the Word of God. Amen. Sunday night folks are people that mean business. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you're watching online, I didn't use Sunday mornings only. I didn't say you didn't mean business. I, I understand. All right? But you understand what I mean by that? You, you, when you see something... In the natural, it's a type of what's going on in the spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus said what you say in the natural is evidence of what's in your heart. So see, here's the key. What is my part? Amen. Stop right there and just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, show me my part. Show me my part in what you want to do. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah. And you might be, you might have a direction. You might even have a plan. We might even talk about some of the plan that we have and the things that God wants to do. But it's not something automatic. It's not something that just happens. It has to be something that you give yourself to. The, 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 the key with success in the kingdom, ever what it is, ever what you think of the success of our churches or our fellowship, we, we've had 23 straight years of scandal-free ministry. We've had 23 years, no church splits, right? Amen. No problems, no financial uh, uh, issues. Why? Because when God told us this is what I want you to do, that's it. We're giving ourselves to that. That's what you want us to do. That's what we're going to do. See, I know his plan and his purpose. Am I helping you? Amen. I said this this morning, but it bears repeating. Every year, I heard this from two very trusted sources. Brother Hagen would lay out everything he would plan. And he would say, now, Lord, this is what I plan to do. Is that what you want? He asked Patsy Caminetti one time, uh, who then was Patsy Bierman, he asked her to come to some meetings that he was having. And he said, uh, I-, I want you to be praying with me in these meetings. And uh, <clears throat> so she went. She wasn't scheduled to speak or anything. She just prayed in those meetings. And it was with the whole congregation when they would pray in those day services when he would teach on prayer. And she said, I would hear him praying. And he would say, now, Lord, this is my plan. If that's not what you want, tell me different. But this is what I plan to do. Up till that point, Brother Hagin had been holding what he called all faiths crusades. And, you know, Brother Hagin, if, 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 you've, if you've ever heard him teach very much, he, he tells the story about the time that God showed him the vision. And, and he came into this very beautiful garden. And Jesus met him and took him by the hand. They were walking through the garden. And he said, we sat down on this bench and I began to see this river that was flowing. And he said, it was a beautiful river flowing into that garden. And he said, I began to look and it was faces. And it was different, it was different ethnicities and different uh, denominational groups. And he said, that's when the Lord began to tell him that you're going to minister to Catholics and Lutherans and Episcopalians and Presbyterians and Baptists and, and cares, all these different people. It was, it was in that time of prayer that God showed him, okay, and spoke to him and said, there's going to be a move of the Spirit that is lost on this generation if somebody doesn't teach them how to flow in the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to stop having all faith crusades and I want you to start having Holy Ghost meetings. My God, I'm glad that he did that. Amen. Those meetings so blessed me over the years. Amen. Hallelujah. But, 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 but notice, he's all those years in the ministry. Half a century in the ministry at that time. Still asking God, okay, here's what I plan to do. Is that what you want? Because if it's not, tell me. See, I've got to know his plan and his purpose. Amen. Do you see that? So she, the Lord said through her, who can stand and say, I know my God. I know the righteousness of God he's made me. I know his plan and his purpose. Hallelujah. I, I need you to understand something. This is so important. 
And, and my family, hear my heart when I say this. No part of ministry is a stepping stone into your greater. You're not doing what you're doing till something better comes along. Whatever it may be. That, that's not how it works. There is no ladder of hierarchy in the church. We are one body. My right arm is not trying to get ahead of my left arm. As a matter of fact, I'm glad my arms work real good together because recently it's been a big help to have two good ones. Or one and a half. Amen. You understand that? My right eye is not trying to get one over on my left eye. My right ear is not trying to hear more than my left ear. Amen. It's, it's, I'm not doing anything in the church until something better comes along. I'm doing what I'm doing, and God, I will do it until the rapture of the church or until my home going, until you tell me different. And if God tells you to do something different, it will benefit and aid the body you're a part of. It won't detract and tear down and, hell and destroy something. It'll bring strength and it'll bring life and it'll bring energy because you're doing what God wants you to do. God, oh. God, God, God doesn't move people and it leave a big hole in your church. It's not how it works. Amen. If God moves somebody, He's got somebody ready to come in that knows the plan and the purpose. Woo, glory. Say it out loud. I know His plan and I know His purpose. Hallelujah. And uh, when you fly where you're going, if you'll keep your ear tuned to me, on the third day I've got some things to say to you, the Lord says. And you'll see things clearer than you've ever seen them. And you'll enjoy your honeymoon even more. Oh, glory. I believe God. So you get him praying on the third day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. I know his plan and his purpose. Now right there, just, just close your eyes and ask yourself, do I know his plan and purpose? I'm not saying you don't. I want to make sure. Just, just say this. Say, Lord, I think I know. If, if, if I need to do something different, just tell me. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, will you answer the call to know me in a way that will cause boldness? Will you answer the drawing of my spirit to set, notice this, to set aside things that will limit your usefulness in spiritual ways? Where you set aside things that will limit your usefulness in spiritual ways. Now notice, this is not an indictment. He's asking us. If, 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 remember his plan and his purpose? What's your part? What, what is there that could limit the part that you're to play? Or the plan and the purpose of God? You know, just because somebody comes to a local church doesn't mean they're in their part or in their place. I mean, we always appreciate the support, but the purpose of the local church, remember Ephesians 4? God has set some of the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, 
uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting, the thorough equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you're coming to the church not just to show your support, Pastor, I'm behind you. You're here to get edified, built up, equipped, furnished with what you need to do the work of the ministry so that you can ultimately be an edifying to the body. Mm, hallelujah. He said, would you set aside those things? Listen to this. And come into a greater consecration and a greater walking of strength and power so I could be glorified. Amen. You said it right. Yes, sir. Yes, I will. Amen. And I know the rest of you are saying that too. But, but notice what he said. So I could be glorified. So I could be glorified. Then he said, will you agree with me? Three times he said, will you agree with me? Will you agree with me? Will you agree with me? Will you agree with what I've said about you? See, he said you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. He said that, 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 that you're his beloved. It said he's well pleased in you. Will you agree with that? Yeah, but pastor, I've made mistakes. But will you agree with that? You and your mistakes, will you agree? You, sometimes you're agreeing in faith. You, you, don't, you don't feel like, listen, none of us at times feel like we deserve anything God's done for us. As a matter of fact, if I get to feeling like I deserve it too much, there's a problem. I know, I know, I know deep on the inside of me. That I don't deserve what God's done for me. But I know He did it because He loved me. In spite of me, He blessed me. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But I, uh, listen, I've trained myself to believe what He said in spite of what I think. Oh, glory. See, so agree with Him. That's what He said. Will you agree with what I said about you? Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't too long ago. That's okay. Will you agree with what he said? Then he said, now look why this is so important. Will you agree with my plan? I got to know his plan and his purpose so I can agree with it. So I can agree with it. You know, you never move past that. I talked this morning about uh, 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 you can be that person. That's not gaining ground. You're not losing ground, but you're not gaining ground. You're just kind of sitting in neutral. That's a waste of whatever God's asked you to do. You know, if you're just sitting in neutral, you're just burning fuel. And, and here's the problem with that. You're not getting anywhere. Mmm. He said, will you agree with my plan? Will you agree with my purpose? Then he asked this, will you agree with my spirit? Hallelujah. The reset is upon us. Will you agree with his plan and his purpose and his spirit? Because mark my words, and I've been saying this, and uh, 
you, you all that have been with me a number of years, you know, uh, uh, when I keep repeating something, the Lord's saying it. He started talking to me last year about the deceit that was going to be uncovered. And he has, has had me praying about this for years, that the, that the last two years, that the tongue of the sword of deceit would be dulled and the tongue of the sword of truth would be sharpened. And we have been, we, and you understand? Hallelujah. We, we saw some of the beginnings of it in New York State. Now, we're not gloating, but folks, I'm going to tell you something. And you believe whatever you believe. The church did that. Hear me. The church is going to get the job done. The, I, that was really weak. The, the church is going to get the job done. It, we may have bobbled the pass. We may even fumbled a couple times. But we're going to get the job done. Why? Because we are the church that we preached about this morning that the Bible says in the Greek that emphatically, in the most emphatic negative there is, the gates of hell will not, cannot, never will. It's impossible for them to prevail against the church. We are what scares the devil in the earth. It's not religion that scares the devil. It's the church of the living God. It's the church that's alive and knows their God and can do exploits. That's who bothers the devil. Amen. And that's why he attacked the church. Amen. Folks, you, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Last year was about the devil attacking the church. Amen. And he threw everything he had. But here we are. Here we are. Amen. Your church, our churches are still open. Our churches are still thriving. They're still growing. People are still coming to the altars and getting saved. People are still getting healed and delivered. Why? Because the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot be tamed. It cannot be silenced. It cannot be shut up. It is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody told Charles Spurgeon, are you a defender of the gospel? He said, defend the gospel? He said, why, well, I'd much rather try to defend an enraged lion. You can't defend, there's no defense to the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We've got to agree with what the Spirit is saying. And there's more deceit that's going to be uncovered. People say, well, what is it? I don't know all of it. I don't claim to know all of it. But I'm, but I'm telling you, you keep watching. I will tell you this. And you do whatever you want with what I'm saying. But there is a, a person that they want to make the face of this whole pandemic. You know who I'm talking about, I think. <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name. But I remember he was, he was uh, making some comments one time. And I, I, don't, I don't watch the news. Somebody told me something the other day, and they said, did you hear about this? I said, well, no. And they said, well, don't you watch the news? I said, no, why would I? But I was, he was making some comments one day, and the Lord said this to me. He said, his mouth must be shut. 
And he said to me, he said, he's deceptive and a liar. Now, people say that's strong words. Well, I didn't say them. But here's the thing. I've been praying about that. Lord, shut that mouth. Isn't that what the Bible says? Remember when they got together at Acts chapter 4? It said, it said, it said, they said, now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant your servants that with all boldness will preach the word. Right? Amen. Paul prayed over and over, asked the churches to pray for him, that the mouths of evil men would be stopped. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand this? And, and you, again, I'm just telling you this because this is the flow of this service. You do with it what you want. It's, it's going to come out. There, there's some of it that already came out. The media did a real good job of covering up his emails. But before they did it, there was some pretty tasty stuff in there. Amen. Are you following me? And now this whole thing is being used, and you heard what I said this morning. Amen. What, what I talked about with different things and vaccines and people getting in an uproar about getting a vaccine or not having a vaccine. That's not your place. The Bible says if you've got faith, have it to yourself. Have mercy on your brother. If you think you have faith enough not to be vaccinated, that's fine, but don't you begrudge somebody that does. Amen. And, 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 right? and, if, and if you've been vaccinated, don't you think that you're better than somebody that didn't? And don't you feel like you have less faith? If medicine can't stop you from getting, if medicine can't heal you, it can't stop you from getting healed. And I've heard so many people get up and run their mouth and make a, and, and say things, you bunch of COVID caving pastors. And, 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 and I heard a guy last night compare uh, 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 people that get, Christians that get a vaccine to Antifa. He said, you're in bed with Antifa if you get a vaccine. Well, Antifa was, was persecuting these people that were protesting against the vaccine. This is America. If you don't want to get a vaccine, you got a right not to get it. This is America. <laughs> well, y'all got quiet. I started talking about that. Oh, okay, let me set your mind at ease. I've been vaccinated. My wife and I took the vaccine. You know it's not because we're afraid. That's what we felt like the Holy Spirit told us to do. And I'm not going to disobey the Holy Spirit. If I feel like he told me to take it, I'm not going to not take it. Yeah, but pastor, it'll do this. And how do you know it'll do that? How do you know? I'm, I'm helping you. I'm not, I'm not off my topic. How do you know? You can find any number of sites on Google that'll agree with you. And none of them have to be credible. You can find doctors with MD at the end and DR on the front that don't know what they're talking about. But you have the wisdom of the universe on the inside of you. Amen. Are you following me? So I'm saying all that to say, do you know who the highest paid federal employee is? The doctor we were just talking about. Highest paid federal employee. Now people will say, well, what's that got to do with anything? The love of money is the root of all evil. 
If somebody's making millions or hundreds of millions off of their part of something, why would they want it to go away? It's deceptive. We know where it came from. We know where it started. And we know who was supporting the research in that nation. Now, I'm, I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you. And the Lord told me his mouth must be stopped. Now, I've had people say, now, be careful. You know, YouTube was sent to you. My God, I was in ministry 20 years before YouTube ever existed. Many of y'all came to this church and you didn't find me on YouTube. I'm serious. I could, I could give a rip. That's just kind of where I'm at. We got things to do for God. God wants to grow this fellowship into a juggernaut of faith that will change the lives of people in our city, our state, our nation, and our world. And we've got to use our authority to pray against these things. This deceit is going to keep unraveling. It's going to keep unraveling. It's like an onion. There are levels and levels and levels and levels and levels. Don't get caught up in the conspiracy theories. Don't get caught up in all the Christian conspiracy theories. Pray. Get on your knees. Pray. Seek God. Hear from your spirit. Fast. Put your nose in the carpet and ask God, what am I supposed to be doing? I want to know. Because I'm, the, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, it says, don't believe their every conspiracy rumor and don't you fear what they fear. Amen. Whew. I wasn't going to be this preachy tonight. I was going to teach and be calm. Jeremy showed up and rent that. Well, that boy will be over there and he'll just, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just this primal scream. Makes me wish I had that kind of hair and I could, yeah, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Am I helping you? My point is, if, if, if you get to listening to half-truths and non-truths, you won't be able to focus on the plan or the purpose. I, listen, I don't make light of what's going on. I know people right now, I know people right now personally that are dealing with that virus, and it's not pretty. It is real. I heard a preacher say, you know, it's a magic virus. It can only travel six feet. Listen, I don't have any honor or respect for it, but here's the issue. It's causing people a problem. And we can't afford to be flippant as the church. We can't afford to be flippant and just say, well, you know, no, we, we got to deal with it, and we got to deal with it at its root. This thing is of the devil. Am I helping anybody tonight? Amen. Well, Pastor, you know, I don't feel like I need to get a vaccine. Then don't. Don't. Don't worry about it. That's not that's my point. I'm not, listen, I'm not pro-vax, anti-vax. That's not my place. I got to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. You got to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. 
But here's, here's what I'm trying to say. Don't just pick up somebody's article and read what they said about it and they go, oh, I'm not getting it. Look what, look what it'll do. How do you know that? You know, I, I, uh, I've had people ask me what happened. Six stitches, all right? I was running the other day and this root came out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a devil root. Is, it reached up and grabbed me. We have some ponds around our house where we live and trails around the ponds. And, and I was, I don't know, I was, I was meditating on something else and, and I tripped. And when I did, I put my hand down and cut, sliced my hand and my whole left side was just really, really painful. But anyway, so don't feel sorry for me. Just, just know that I, I've preached one-handed all weekend. I, I did a one-handed wedding. I dropped the bride's ring. I've never dropped the bride's ring till this one. And I thought, <laughs> I'm glad it's right there. <laughs> Where was I at? Oh, yeah. And, and I, was get, I'm, I was getting stitches. And so I was laying there and, you know, I hesitated to go get stitches, not because of the stitches, but because of the 42 shots you got to get to numb your hand. And so... As I was laying there, and I told the lady, I said, okay, I said, I want to ask you a question. You're a medical professional. She said, yeah. And I said, now, I'll just say flat out, my, my wife and I were vaccinated. I said, what's your opinion on the vaccination? And she made a very strong statement. I won't repeat what she said because I don't agree with it. Well, in her opinion, and just in her clinical opinion, she said it's the difference between life and death for people. Now, that's her opinion. I'm not preaching that. I'm saying that's her opinion. And she made a statement. She said, you know, she, she said, you, you know who the people that I see that have the biggest problem with the vaccine are? And the people that are the weirdest about it? I said, let me guess. She said, yeah, Christians. She said, I love them. I'm born again. I'm blood washed. I, I, Jesus is my savior. She said, but they act like that, that God is trying to sneak the mark of the beast on, in on them through the, through the virus. Or through the vaccine. And she made a statement. She said, you know, these vaccines have been in the works in some form for 15 or 20 years. But when this virus hit, they had to rush production. And what, what I see, the problem that I see is this, is so many Christians say, I'm not going to do it because I don't trust the government. But it was developed under a government that you say you did trust. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't blame it on the government when your president had them developed. How do you like me now? <laughs> Amen. Well, I still don't feel like I should. Then don't. But I'm saying, put all the hyperbole away. Put it all away. That'll get you distracted from the plan and the purpose of God. I don't care if you come to church in a hazmat suit. I'm not worried about it. Nobody, nobody's going to look at you because you got vaxxed, didn't get vaxxed. You wear a mask, you don't wear a mask. You stay six feet away, you won't shake, you bump. I, nobody's going to look at you. I want to put a sign out on the front door and says, you're welcome whether you're vaxxed or anti-vaxxed or, or whatever. Come on, just it, don't come with a fever and don't come snotting and sneezing and hacking. Amen. 
Don't fear what they fear. It'll rob us of our plan and our purpose. Don't get over there with that, 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 that military mentality. The church was never supposed to have a militant mentality. It's not what the Bible says. We're not the militant church. We're the overcoming church. We're the victorious church. We're not trying to take ground back from the devil. He's trying to take it from us. Where are you seated? In heavenly places. In Christ. At the right hand of the Father. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. Not only in this earth, but in the name, the world that is to come. If it's got a name, I can dominate it. Hallelujah. I'm glad you came to church tonight. Amen. I want to watch my time. We got to be cautious with that. We got to be, because people are searching for the gospel like never before. I was, I was uh, at a restaurant today. Uh, Brother Jim and Carrie and I went out to eat. And uh, a guy came walking by and he had, uh, I forget what it was, Hope Ministries or something, or Follow, follow Ministries. And uh, I said, hey, what is Follow Ministries? And he began to tell me about it. And he made a statement. He said, you know, we got to be ready because people are looking for hope like never before. And they are. There are people that you know, people in this town, people in our city, people in DeSoto have no hope. There are people in Lawrence have no hope. There are people in Olay. You're going to meet people on your job tomorrow and have no hope. And you cannot get drawn into an argument. You can't get drawn into a senseless discussion about things that don't matter. The Bible says that they will see something in you that will give them reason to ask about your hope. Oh, hallelujah. Am I helping you? Now, the Lord said some other things to us. And, uh, oh, hallelujah. Because this involves you. I say this involves you. Uh, me and uh, Brother Jim and Ron and Deborah, we were recently, we were up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, at the JEM camp meeting. And uh, Pastor Nancy was there. And the night, the first it was the first night. Was it the first night? Second night. First night, I think. Uh, August 3rd. So, first night. Yeah, first night. And uh, she, no, it was the second night because she, she ministered uh, on uh, Dominion the first night. And then the second night, the Holy Spirit began to move. And uh, she started over here and just began to minister to every minister. And went on around the front and came over here. And I was sitting over here with, with Brother Jim. And she made a statement through the Holy Spirit. I say made a statement. This is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, uh, Pastor Philip, you think there's a lot on your plate. All he has to do is get the plate bigger. That's all he's got to do. Then what's on your plate looks, oh my, so minimal. Because the grace is the bigger plate. He enlarges the grace, and it can hold more. So an enlarged grace upon your life for more. This is my grace plate. Amen. Grace is the bigger plate. Here's what I'm telling you. If I need a bigger plate, as the head goes, so goes the body. You need a bigger plate. If I need more grace, 
You need more grace. Why? Because if I need more grace to do what I'm called to do, and you're called to help me do what we're called to do, then you're going to need to do more, so you've got to have more grace. You can't have my plate, but I know where you can get one. KC's gifts and surprises. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you following me? What, why is this important? Because of the reset. He's not going to reset and start things back the same way they were. Are you with me? Now, it's interesting. There was something else that was said to me back on uh, May 23rd, 2021. Sister Pat was in Little Rock, and she looked at my wife and I and said, You think you're busy now? Just wait. You think you're busy now? Just wait. Not long. You won't have to wait long, but prepare yourself. Everybody say this out loud. I'm preparing. I'm preparing. See, I know the Lord's saying a lot to you guys, but you need to understand the holy thing that happened when you got married yesterday. And the Lord said, you go tell them that two are better than one. And the anointing that was on both of you in a measure before you got married is going to be double because of your union. And what God has you to do in this ministry, you've looked before and you've thought, how can I do this? And how can I? And I don't know. Now you got that double anointing on you. We'll pray for you before we leave. You got that double anointing on you. You'll take it to another level. Ah. <sighs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. My spirit is moving mightily and quickly in this earth. And so don't delay in looking for that special place. Why? Because this is not big enough for what I'm doing. And shall continue in your ministry and in your life. So get ready. Listen. Be ready and move. That's what he's saying. Get ready. Be ready and move. And that in which I have asked you to do, or ask of you, you have the grace to do. In that grace, grace and more grace upon you. In that grace, what fun. In that grace, what rejoicing. Spinning. Hallelujah. And all that he's doing with all that he's doing and all that you shall see. Grace and more grace. 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 Because he's not going to ask us to do less. God's not going to look at the times and say, oh, it's tough times. You guys don't have to do as much. We got to do as much or more. Amen. 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 Brother Jim was talking to me tonight in the office, and we started talking about how August has been so far. And he looked at me, and he said, Pastor, you've been running all of August. Yeah, and I'm going to keep running. And September's not any better. It's not any less busy. It's go, 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 go. All hands on deck. Everybody's got a job. Everybody's got something to do. Mm, Say it out loud. Say, I got a job. I've got something to do. In the church. In the fellowship. That God's called me to be a part of. 
Oh, hallelujah. And don't worry about it. You got a bigger plate. <laughs> Amen. Do you see that? Oh, hallelujah. I told you we had a lot to say tonight. You know, with new places come new graces. And with new graces come fresh anointings. I heard a person preaching the other day and they said, you know, we don't really need fresh anointings because that's, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they were kind of intimating that, that, you know, we had all the anointing because we're new covenant believers. But that's, folks, that's not right. Whenever God takes you to a place, he furnishes you with that grace and that anointing to do what he's asked you to do. Amen. Brother Hagin would teach so eloquently on the scripture that said, I will be anointed with fresh oil. When he would teach about the glory and the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, let's look at that. I'm not, I'm not going to preach. I just want to share these with you before we pray. You know, I want you to understand something. Preconceived ideas will short-circuit the wisdom of God. It takes skill to get your mind hooked up with your spirit. And the only reason why you have a mind is to get it hooked up to your spirit. And preconceived ideas will short-circuit the wisdom of God. That's why we take the plan and lay it before God and say, is this what you want? I don't want these preconceived ideas in my life that this is the way it has to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul said, I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Paul said, and I want you to see how important it is to me that you receive what I believe God wants you to have. I'm going to read another verse in a moment. But I want you to see tonight how important I believe it is that you receive what God wants you to have. It's vital. It's vitally important. You pay whatever price you have to pay to get under the anointing whenever you can. Amen. I was at a meeting one time with people that I greatly respect. And uh, I had a, one of the leaders with me. Matter of fact, his brother Jim. And uh, we were in the speaker's room. And uh, all of a sudden, the spirit of prayer just came on that group. Group of my heroes. And we entered into prayer and began to pray. And we got out and we got in the car. And I looked at him and I said, uh, I said, uh, what did I say? I said, don't take that lightly. Because you didn't have to be there. You didn't have to be there. So, so don't think that just happened. Amen. This is important. Now, but here's the thing. Here's my point that I was making. What if the effort hadn't been made to be there? What if you don't make the effort to go somewhere? I've had people say, well, I'd go, but, you know, I'd have to spend the money. But you're like, what? Money 
That, that's, that's, that's why you can get something from God that radically revolutionizes your life, your ministry, your future, and it's money that's the concern. You take the time away, you take the finances necessary, and you go get in, into what God wants you to do. Am I helping you with this? So important. Romans chapter uh, 1 and uh, verse whew, 11, I think it is. Paul said, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established, that you may be comforted, that you may be secure. Amen. The reset is upon us. But here's the thing. I know where we're going. And I know how to get there. And if you follow me, we'll get where we're going. You trust God first, but then you trust the people God placed over you. You trust us and we'll get there. We'll get there. You will fulfill the plan of God for your life. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody will. Amen. We're not leaving anybody behind. Amen. If, if anybody in this season gets left behind, it's going to be because they wanted to get left behind. Because there's plenty to do. There's plenty for God to, 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 to dole out to everybody. Am I helping you with this? Mm. It's never a wasted effort or a waste of time to meet with God. Never. It's never a wasted effort. It's never a waste of time. To meet with God. I remember when we first started pastoring this church, we, we didn't have a lot of money. I had stepped off my job. The Lord had said February 22nd, 1999 was the last day on my job. And I stepped off my job and, and uh, I, I started pastoring this church making $310 a week. That was my salary. And uh, I had uh, four kids and all the bills that we have now, I mean, just, oh, I think we didn't have a car note, but we had a house note and uh, different things. And, but uh, I, I knew the Lord had told me to do it. And, uh, you know, there, there were meetings that we knew we needed to be in. And if we could only drive and only had money to stay for a day, we just, we, we'd drive and go stay for a day. We'd drive to Wichita. Y'all know how far Wichita is, a few hundred miles. And we'd go and be able to spend the night, and we'd stay all day, and didn't have much money to eat, didn't have much money to do whatever, but we'd go stay and, and hear the word and come back. I was first, I was first exposed to my pastor's ministry at, at uh, uh, Brother Hagin's camp meeting. And, and, and we, we drove down, and we drove in on a Monday. We had to leave on Wednesday because I had to come back here and preach. And pastor taught on five ways to plant your faith. Still got those notes. And I, I was sitting there in that, in, that, in that Coliseum. They had it in the Tulsa Convention Center at the time. And I was sitting there, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, man, wouldn't it be great to know people like that? 
Had no idea he was going to be my pastor. Amen. But that's where I got a hold of the CD series, Eagle Leadership, that changed my life. Twelve acres of vision. Amen. Hallelujah. You understand? What if I hadn't taken the time to do that? Or said, I don't have the money. Folks, you can't let anything stop you from doing what God desires for you to do. Amen. Mm. Because God doesn't just see a small part of your life. He sees it in from the beginning to the end, the panoramic view. And we can stay in that one little part of the plan God has for our life and miss the much larger plan. Because I'm just staying in that one little plan, that one little part. What is going to happen tonight before we, we leave and go home is there's going to be some things solidified and people are going to be sure of what their part. Mm. Hallelujah. You need to be around people that know where they're going. As, as the people that God's called to this church, <clears throat> you're in the same boat I'm in. So just stay in my boat. Just get in my boat. If you're not in, I think you are. But if you're not in, just get in my boat. We'll be okay. Amen. And, and, and I say this. I don't say this arrogantly or braggadociously. But I'm saying, listen, I've got a track record of nearly a quarter century of full-time ministry. I'm not going to lead you wrong. If God is God helping me, we're going to go where God wants us to go. We're going to do what God wants us to do. We have a good reputation in our town. Our bank loves us. The people love us. Amen. We worked hard to maintain our integrity. Hallelujah. So we're going somewhere. Is there one more, Lord? Let me say. Let me make sure. Uh, so we want to get to the right destination. Everybody say that out loud. I want to get to the right destination. Amen. Have you ever been getting directions from somebody and they said, well, go down the road about a mile and I don't know, it's down there, I don't know about, I don't know. That's hard to see, but it's down there a ways. You're not very confident. You're like, well, where, your wife, you know, your wife's going, where's it at? I don't know. Well, why didn't you ask him? I did. And he said it was down there a little ways. Turn there by the mulberry tree. Aren't you glad for maps? And what do you get with GPS? You get turn by turn directions. And you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Don't stray too far from the boat. 
Don't let the fact that maybe you don't feel like you're doing as much as you could be doing cause you to feel like you're disqualified. It's, it's in those quiet times that I've learned something. God's preparing you for something. It's not the dark times. God has no darkness. I'm still working on a book called The Myth of the Wilderness Experience. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it this year. The Myth of the Wilderness Experience. People say, well, I went through my wilderness experience, and what do you think God tried to teach me? Not to go back. <laughs> People died in the wilderness. There was nothing to learn from that except don't go there. One lady came to my wife one time and said, oh, I thank God for my dark times. When God sent the darkness, and my wife was like, how can God send the darkness? The Bible says there's only light in Him. There may be times things look dark because you're not following the light. But in those quiet times, I've heard people say, well, you know, in the quiet times, just understand that it's a test, and the teacher doesn't talk during the test. No. If you're in the middle of a test, the Holy Spirit will be talking to you more than ever. Don't, don't buy into all that religious nonsense. But if you feel like, you feel like maybe, okay, somewhere, somewhere I'm just not, I've, I've disqualified or, you know, why am I not doing as much? I had a person tell me one time, they, they, they had, they, they had, I had asked them to step down out of a position, and they said, I just feel like I'm, I've done something wrong and I'm being punished. And I said, you haven't done anything wrong. We're just moving. God's moving in another direction. He's moving you in another direction. If the pastor comes to you and says, I need you to do something else, I need you to let this person do that, and I need you to do something else. If you'll trust that, God will, help, God will use you there. But if you rebel against that, well, this is what I want to do, and I've always done this. Well, see, you're, you're, you're kicking against the goads. <laughs> Remember what we said this morning that, that Ananias and Sapphira, the problem was, was they thought they were just lying to Peter, but they were lying to the Holy Ghost. So, so that means if, 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 I, if I tell a lie to Aaron, I'm not just lying to Aaron, I'm lying to the Holy Ghost in Aaron. Amen. When you trust the person God's put in leadership over you, you're trusting the Holy Spirit in that person. And, and people have to understand that. Am I helping you with this? So if I listen, I won't be disqualified. Now I'll end with this. If something is said over and over again, the first time, it was guidance. Every other time, it's a rescue. And, and, and I've got other pastors in here, senior pastors, lead pastors, and you know how it can be. You'll say something over and over to somebody, and the first time you say it, it's a guidance. Every other time, the urgency gets greater because now we're dealing with a rescue. If, somebody, if, some, if somebody's floundering in the water and you throw them a life preserver, it's guidance. Hey, grab this, you'll be okay. If they just keep floundering, not paying attention, then it's, hey, grab that. Right? 
And then, hey, if you don't grab that, you're going to drown. See, now, now it's more urgent. I'm saying that because what God's been asking you to do, it's more urgent now. Because we're closer to what he wants us to do. Hallelujah. Mm. So you think you got a lot on your plate? Make the plate bigger. But here's the thing, and I'll close with this before I pray. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. There, there is so much that you will walk into when you just say, okay. Not just a surrender, but okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm ready for this reset. Whatever it entails, I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready. Hallelujah. I believe God.